Hello and welcome to the Billowing Hilltop podcast. It's a glorious sunny day up here on the hilltop. Not a billow in sight. I hope you're having a glorious sunny day too. If you're enjoying our funny little show, why don't you recommend it to somebody you know or give us a rating or a review on your podcast app of choice. As always, you can find us on Twitter at BillowingHilltop. You can find us on Facebook and you can email us at hello at BillowingHilltop.com. I have no other news or information. Thanks for listening, lovely, loyal readers. Let's push on with a, frankly, slightly odd set of adventures in the strange rooms behind the weird thing in the whispering what's-it in episode 91 of the Billowing Hilltop podcast. And thanks, Nate, from Dyson Desire for the name. We've only just begun. Uh, This is going to be episode... Something or other. I think episode 91. 91? Bloody hell. I know. That's a fucking mad thought. that means 100... It's just round the corner. Uh, around good the evening, corner. everyone. Good evening. Good morning, readers. Uh, welcome to the Blowing Hilltop podcast. I'm here with Dan. Hello, Dan. Did I say Lucas, you could talk Lucas, to me? Did I give you permission? Hey, hello. Hello. Uh, Johnny, hello, Johnny. Paul, hello, Paul. Good, good. afternoon, evening, right. morning. I mean, the cheek of some Squeeze people. in, everybody. Squeeze in, readers. You can just join us. Find not pick a spot. There's plenty of space. No, thanks. Paul's had another... A difficult medical week. More of him has been removed. As a result, there is more there's, space. There's very, very <laughs> little of me left. I'm a little distracted. I can't stop looking at your bag, Paul. Is it still bulging? It's quite distended. Within its folds, <laughs> I know that there are some letters. Ooh. I prefer not to call them folds. We've had a very nice letter from a lady called Alison in the uh, United States. Yes. Oh, yeah. Do you know this? No. Yes. Ah. Yes. Well, I'll read it to you because um, she said we could read it out. We have, I was checking, I know we joke about our, the fact that we have 12 readers. We have a few more than 12 readers 14, now. I, 15. I, well, I quickly checked. We have a listener, uh, we have a reader in every state of the union apart from five, which is not bad. Which five? West Virginia, Alaska, New Mexico, the two Dakotas and Rhode Island where I suspect they're too posh for um, D&D. Gentlemen, I'm so thoroughly enjoying your podcast that I decided to send a note. I heard about your show while listening to the lads of Royal Britannia. They are another podcast other people. And I am so grateful they suggested you. I play both D&D 5e and Pathfinder 2nd Edition, and I enjoy hearing the influence of Paizo in your speech. You all say, hitting armor class 12 instead of that's a 12 versus armor class or that's a 12 to hit, among other things. And I like the unique diction you have. Also, I've learned about Morris dancing, the phrase <laughs> come a cropper from listening to you. If I'm ever able to visit... Um, I'm not quite sure how that would... I shall sound like a native. Oh, see, just visit the country, generally. I shall sound like a native. I am only up to episode 12, and I see that you're up to 81 now. Well, this is 91, uh, Alison, we think. I'm thrilled to have so much listening ahead of me. Just think about how many British phrases I will know by then. One last thing. I adore the songs you've done so far, and I look forward to any others you've done. Well... There is one being worked upon, but slowly. You're very talented. I'm not quite sure who she's talking about there. Yeah, me. Your podcast has sounded very well produced since the first episode. Congratulations on 81 episodes, gentlemen. Thank you for making life sweeter by sharing your game. Lots of love. Alison, how about that? Bravo. Thank you, Did you write that, Mike? No, I didn't write. I did. I did write back. And we've had a series of messages. Thank you, Alison, for all your very uh, kindly received. We won't go through all of them now. But I will say, Alison, as you listen to this, you will by now have learned that, yes, we did keep Johnny as a player after Grimbold's demise. Finally got some sympathy. She'll buy you and a you pipe, will Johnny. Now, no. To add insult to injury, Grimbold's corpse has been reanimated as a, as a zombie. <laughs> 
Uh, used as a used as a in my bag of holding at the moment. I think. There's the <laughs> return to buggy's bag of holding. That is yeah. the thing. So, I mean, under the influence so sentimental. Of, mm-hmm. Well, it's in the bag of holding, but it's still, so far as we know, it's under the influence of that whatever it is, the mad crown of thingy. Oh, yes. So we'll we're going to wait for it to run out. Hopefully, yep. Or yeah, the uh, uh, animate dead will run out at some point. Or will it, Johnny? That comment tells me. I think it's twenty-four little room hours. For doubt, Johnny, that you've not read the. Um, <laughs> you've not read the spell. Well, I, Read it in the memo. It, but it's something 40, about 24 hours. Three yes, 24 and a half hours. There is a 24 hour thing in there, Johnny. Experience. But there is a critical gap in your understanding about what happens after 24 hours. And I suspect it's probably a wise idea if you check. Okay. Uh, because it's maybe not what you think. Yeah. Right. We are in a bit of um, underground something that's connected by a weird portal of some sort to the Whispering Cairn. Where we left things, you were being attacked by, <laughs> you were being attacked by the floor. <laughs> of a chamber which has got a gallery around it parker parker is up in the gallery exploring investigating burple is up in the gallery alessandra has climbed up to the gallery around this chamber and has actually found a new way on down up somewhere anyway in the doorway of this chamber though at ground level are uncle buggy and sessions mm-hmm. the floor seems to sort of rear up and uh, hurl a pseudopod at buggy and sessions but i have good news because i've had a bit of a look at the details and i don't think that the floor can attack you just like that i think it's just like that that's not right actually. i don't remember just it attacking like us again the last session i think that this thing has to sort of form itself and I think that will use any action that it had. So I think we just roll initiative and see where we are. And the the sphere of annihilation is some distance above it. You think it's a sphere of annihilation. It looks like a sphere of annihilation, but you don't know that it definitely is a sphere of annihilation. Well, I'll touch it. See, you would have to reach out quite a long way to do that. But I'll stand on the warbling floor and uh, yeah, you can stand if you it. jump. Yes, this thing is big enough. Yeah, yeah. You could climb onto the back of this. This but on the pseudopod as it raises itself up, and make it easier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take close. What's off left first. of you could then make a make a grab <laughs> at the, <laughs> the sphere uh, to see what happens. Yeah, oh, okay. sounds good. I'll do that. Yeah, right. I'm going to clear the board. Let's clear the board. This black mass of of goop. Yes. Is there something Paul's left behind? <laughs> yep. Uh, yeah. This is not. No. Not one of This is not a byproduct of Paul's extensive <laughs> surgery. No. <laughs> Nor is it Clean Paul that's left of Paul's cheese not, tasting. It's not the weekend. thing that he had to call the council about. No. <laughs> I think it might be the thing that he was arguing about whether or not to cover it in cling film <laughs> or <laughs> cellophane in foil. Neither. Wax paper. Wax paper Wax is the paper. answer. <laughs> These yeah. are fascinating subjects. Right. Um, ba, 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 I have actually I'm been sending this thing. Mike. Examples of cheese that begin with CH. What you've been sending me, basically, is a rogues gallery of the products of (laughs) playing God, twisted science. That's what you've been sending me. One of them was described as mealy in texture, slimy, (laughs) orange and brown. (laughs) Again, something that sounds more to do with like Paul's other hobby. (laughs) This thing's rolled an 18 for initiative. That's not bad, but I suspect that it's incredibly slow. It is incredibly slow. Okay, so I can put that in. I have initiative for it. Purple gets a 23. Are we all doing initiative? Are we not? All of us. Apart from Toshin Wimbels. Gets a 9. Bloody hell. How's that even possible? Alessandra gets a 13. Not bad. 13 for Buggy. Oh dear. (laughs) 8. And so Lucas's (laughs) evening begins. (laughs) As it so often does. (laughs) 
with a poor dice roll. <laughs> Lucas, the irony here is that well, we, I don't care. I've got. I've just been. Lucas is incapable of rolling a number above a six, yeah. but gets more chances to do so than all of the rest <laughs> yes. of us combined because but, of. Oh, Parker's absurd. Well, he likes to use his hot dice early. Yeah, he yeah. does. Lucas, I'm going to change your name to Marvin. <laughs> oh, no. But he's not paranoid. He genuinely is unlucky. <laughs> the first <laughs> million years were the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I did the Highgate Cemetery tour last weekend, and um, he's buried there. Oh, he is he? Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah. It says 42 or something on it, doesn't it? It has a kind of pot of biros rather than flowers in front of his... Um, yeah, that's team. right. I love deadlines. I like the whooshing sound they make as they fly past. <laughs> that's my favourite quote of his. Right. Burple on twenty. Time is an illusion. Lunchtime doubly so is my favourite. <laughs> yeah. Does this thing look like it is, it is within attack of opportunity range? This thing is big. This thing is, in fact, technically, I think it's either huge or gargantuan. But it hasn't had an action yet, so... So I suppose you're 15 feet of this the geography of this. Again, I'm sorry, readers. We haven't got the budget to look at the planning for some of these environments. Somehow you are 15 feet above the floor, having walked up a five foot staircase. Right. So it's not really a staircase. It's more of a ladder. <laughs> yes. Okay. Irrespective, it would seem cruel of me to penalise you for the odd shortness of the staircase. So I'm saying you are 15 feet up. You don't think that this thing can reach you. Okay, but we're not in a surprise round or anything. We're in a fall kind no, of... No, no, you can do whatever you like. Um, <clears throat> Within reason. You know, keep it, you know... Hmm. Not sure there's much clean. I can do to it. It's just a giant black blob. It looks cross. I mean, to the extent that I don't know quite <laughs> of course it does. how you yeah. would know that. Yeah. Well, it's got, you know, we discern it's cross lines or something. Yeah. So I could do a daylight on it, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure that will have any effect. Can I actually, um, can I just stop you there? Okay. Purple. Mm-hmm. Can you make a, uh, no, a straight intelligence check? With my massive intelligence, I get a, get an eight. Luckily, it was an easy intelligence check. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I, you're not certain that this thing doesn't look like it can't climb pretty well. So mm. you don't think it could reach you from where it is. But I just realised that it's probably only fair to sort of say... Yeah, yeah, no, I'm going to be moving. I'm going to be moving. I'm just yeah. thinking if I have a full round, I can move and do a spell. So I could do the daylight and then move. Or yep. I could just get the hell out of Dodge and uh, and run away. We didn't have a recap. There was a spider last week, by the way, uh, readers. Do you remember the spider? Sorry, oh, just oh, dropping yeah. that in there. This place is weird. Yeah, it's a bit it weird. It is really weird. It's very weird. There's another thing, which is that there's a furnace behind you. Um, yes, with some, you, some voice uh, sessions. We're sort of high-pitched. Hello. <laughs> I don't have to go out there again. I can't get the voice right. <laughs> Hello. That's for I can... Oh, no. I can't do it. No, you can't. It's awful. Ghastly. It's ghastly. How much movement is going up and down this uh, ladder? It's difficult ground, so it costs you two squares to do the one square. Okay, so I could get round the corner. I could do a spell and get round the corner. Or I could go and join Alessandra on the ramp, but that feels like it's a trap to me. So... (laughs) Feels like it's a trap. Yeah, it does feel like it's a trap. I think the whole thing feels like a trap, to be perfectly honest. (laughs) So I will do a... What? Why are you laughing? It's a sort of sympathetic laugh of understanding. Yeah. Which sounds like the name okay, of a ship one, in them. Two, three, banks. Four, five. <laughs> yes, it does. I'm going to do a spell. I'm going to do a fairy yes. fire. And then I'm going to withdraw on the, thing. on the thing. What's the saving throw? The saving throw is a dexterity save, DC 15. I'm pretty confident that it's going to fail this save. Getting... Uh, uh, 18. Well... I mean, just... <laughs> 
It does, in fact, save. <laughs> it's, it's, it's one of Mike's things, doing a saving through. <laughs> I mean, why, why do to you To be honest, try? it looks a bit embarrassed. But there we go. <laughs> <laughs> the dice looks embarrassed. Dice I'm embarrassed. We're, all, we're all embarrassed. It's not, it's not our fine. We don't, I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. Okay, that's my round. Marvellous. Uh, it's round. it. My fantastic, uh, effective. Right, well, now uh, it can attack. Go. It's going to go for sessions and buggy. And it can, in fact, go for both yeah, of, of them. Yeah, of course. Because it has two pseudopods. How many a scrawny little yeah, old but man? Sessions is a scrawny little young yeah, man. Yeah, but what about your so, character? You know, by comparison, I look much scrawnier. Sessions is Sessions trying to have a scrawny at this point to try and look the, yeah. <laughs> the least appealing. Yeah. <laughs> well, it doesn't work. First thing it does is it tries to smash Buggy with a pseudopod, adding a number to this attractive dice. I think missing hitting armor class seventeen. Uh, no. And a pseudopod going for sessions, hitting armor class 13. So two pseudopods are um, wobbled at you, and they both miss. <laughs> Technical term. And I think it's quite cross. It'll squish itself up towards you. It sort of reconcentrates its puddingness. It's a black pudding. <laughs> and sort of swirbles towards you. It looks like it's uh, keen to get through that door. Alessandra on 13. Alessandra's going to because she's on this area called the ramp so she's going to move back diagonally five foot can mm-hmm. when she does so could. your dark vision shows you this ramp quite steeply descending off yes. to your east it's colder as well really what i'm doing is just putting myself a bit of distance away from this black thing but can i still see it from where i am given the ramp slope and everything it's a 15 foot gallery we've established so I think that Pythagoras would have something to say about that. Mm. Not that we'd understand him, obviously. In which case... <laughs> I speak ancient Greek. In which oh, case you do? she won't move back. She'll move forward until she can see the black yep. pudding eat. And she will take yeah, yeah, yeah. a... Well, you can see the far side of it from where yeah. you're standing. Well, she'll just take an attack at it. Hitting armor class 23. Well, I mean, yeah, that's I mean, 100% a hit. So that's... The longbow damage, not brilliant of six, but because there are allies within five foot, I think we can say there's a sneak attack going on there. Yeah, that's a further 20 points of damage, so a total of 26 points of damage. Yeah, and then... Piercing damage. Yep, piercing, and then she will... Uh, Give me a perception check. Okay. Nine. Fine. Natural one. Uncle Buggy, you can give me a perception check as well, as it's your turn, but you can also give me a perception check. No. Oh, here we go. Okay. Oh, here we Fine. go. This yeah, is where yeah. it's going to be, isn't it? <laughs> Setting the pattern for a yes. very pleasant evening. Mike, Mike. rolls every save above 17. <laughs> we roll every save below 6. Yeah, something like that. Uncle Buggy, what would you like to do? This thing is rearing up in um, front of you in all its puddingy dark malevolence. I'm going to do a shatter spell on it. <laughs> I'm going to do it as what a third level spell. So right, it's 48 it's, damage, it, and Mike. I'm going to use my Destructive Wrath, which maxes out the damage. So it's going to do 32 points of damage, is what you're saying. DC 14, Constitution save, 32 to half. Yeah, yeah just do it. Let's see what we get. We get a... Uh, no, we don't get enough. No. So it takes the full force of your Shatter spell. thunder damage. It doesn't look very happy about either what Alessandra did or what you did. Ah. Ah. Are you staying where you are? Um, can I move through it as a hobbit? 
Can I jump over it? You might be able to jump over it. I don't think you can move through it. Yeah. It's like running through the legs of large creatures, right? Yeah. Ducking and weaving. This thing, you'd actually have to yeah. literally run through it. No, I'd yeah. like to make my ring of jumping and jump over it. As long as I'm not going to uh, go through the sphere of annihilation in the process. Let's say you can avoid that and you can avoid the, um, the, the chandeliers. Where do you want to end up? I'm jumping across the other side of it. That's 30. Yes. How high is it up to the balcony? It's 15 feet to the balcony and there's a railing that you could kind of grab onto. But you would be leaving it threatened square. Yeah, okay. Okay, a pseudopod. So okay. I'm moving up to the bottom of the balcony, then I'm springing up. I can move 15 foot up to the top of the balcony. Let's just see if it hits you with the pseudopod first. <laughs> oh, hitting armor class 26. <laughs> yeah, yes. Okay, well, you take the following damage. Ooh, not very much. Seven points of bludgeoning damage. Yes. And then you take 48 acid damage. It's uh, through your armor. Uh, well, we're going to get to that, yeah. I don't think You take 24 points of acid damage. Shit. Fucking hell, you fucking bastard. Sorry. not very nice. Family show? What's Alison going to think? Sorry, Alison, about Sorry, this. Sorry, we'll get a free pint she after She did all. refer to us as gentlemen. Mm. Yeah. Well, maybe she meant like gents, as in, did she, as in the facility. Was she listening to a different show, do you think? I think maybe she, well, she was listening to Royal Britannia. It's like a professional, proper show with, like, proper audience and everything. Proper characters. Uh, maybe she's oh, got mixed up. you our audience and, you know, now. I mean, proper as in an actual audience, like <laughs> thousands of people. Uh, right. Not proper as in the quality of the individual members. I don't think we could <laughs> speak to that. People use the phrase speak to. I don't know if I want to speak to that issue. Mm. It's like, mm. Mm. oh, what is that? <laughs> Stop. Use grammar properly. Are you wearing you, you um, magical armor? I am buggy. wearing magical armor, so I don't think it affects me. No, no, you're right. It doesn't affect I'm you. I'm always right. Uh, well, so I've been oof. playing D&D for 43 years. Oh, my God. Yeah, don't we know Four it? Four years. I can feel every Sorry, how long? Minute. 44. Right, so you got it wrong so you got it wrong. One year. Of course I'm right. I've been playing D&D for 43 years. No, that's wrong. It's 44 years. Sorry, just slight recalculation because it was my birthday a couple of weeks ago. Did you start playing D&D on your birthday? Anyway, let's not get into that. No, I think we should. <laughs> You're on the gallery, yeah, Buggy. Um, shall I tell you something about that gallery? Yeah. Behind you, there are double doors. They're marked with the arrow of law. And on either side of it, there is a fresco, a very faint fresco, that it, Parker only could really make out the details of when he got as close as he is now, showing a sort of mechanoid creature, giant constructed thing from the plane of Mechanus, you think reaching for a stone being carried by glowing golden figures with three runes in the farty language <laughs> of the wind dukes sort of around it in the in the picture okay there you go sessions on nine sessions would you like to make a perception check I get 15 perception. You noticed something that Buggy and Alessandra did not notice, hmm? which is that Alessandra's, is it an arrow? Yes. Did not survive its interaction with the creature, the uh, the blob. Right. It got eaten. Mm. It got yeah, dissolved. It bubbled away to nothing. Mm. It seemed to impact, mm. but then it, you know. Acided. Which is then what's going to happen it, if you hit it with your Which melee. is the high point of its little arrowy life. But from that point onwards... Things went downhill rapidly. Yeah. Tricky decision here for sessions. <laughs> well, it's not often. Uh, readers, you can't see this, but uh, only sessions, sessions is standing uh, yeah. so, next no. to this giant thing. Sessions, sessions is, is not, still to not in the room with it, though. We well, attacked him last time. So I'm thinking yeah. 
that I'm going to retreat, reposition hold myself the fort. to hold the fort. Yeah. It, now you're trying to remember what those blue dots on the floor oh, mean. Oh, but I remember that I've got broom of flying, so actually I can fly. Ah, uh, you don't have to worry about that. Well, hmm, or okay. around the squares, anyhow. I think they used to trigger the statue thing, so I'm going to avoid them. I also think it's had an attack of opportunity, so it probably won't have an attack of opportunity on me, since I think it only has one reaction. So the first thing I'm going to do is move away. Okay. Flying backwards towards Burple to the statue, and then yep, check it. Yeah, it doesn't uh, swipe at you. And then I think during my movement, since I'm going to break up my movement, I'm going to cast a spell, and I'm going to try and banish it. So right. I need it to make a charisma saving throw DC 16. <laughs> we can all guess about <laughs> what its charisma save looks like. I'm Does hoping it it's rubbish. You're roll a 17 on a blue dice. Yes. You're saying that in order to make it not happen. Mm. Yeah, that's what we're trying. I'm just predicting. Its charisma save is absolute pony. <laughs> okay, here we go. It's completely failed. Okay, so if the target is native to the plane of existence you're on... Okay, yep. You banish the target to a harmless demi-plane. Right. While there, the target is incapacitated. The target remains there until the spell ends. How long does the spell last? If the target is um, native to a different plane of existence than the one you're on, the target is banished to its with a faint popping noise returning to its home plane. I don't know that I have a definitive answer to that, but it doesn't matter. The point is it vanishes, right? Yeah. For how long, Graham? Well, about a minute. It goes... Well, we can move on. And it's off. Where do we want to go? We've got a minute. Well, let's check the doors. Is it concentration up to one minute, It is concentration up to one minute. So we've got ten rounds to do stuff. And where does it come back? Where it left from? Yeah. Well, the nearest unoccupied space, if that space is occupied. Otherwise, the target... Oh. Okay, excellent. Everybody has to... This is going to be good. Right. Hang on, otherwise the target does not return. How does that? Yeah, let's check that one. We need to know which one it is. The wording is slightly different. I don't think it's from another plane. So it's in a harmless demi-plane. So it's coming back. Target remains there until the spell ends, at which point the target reappears in the space it left or the nearest unoccupied space of that space of occupied. I wonder if we can occupy all the spaces <laughs> so that it can't. <laughs> it has nowhere to come back. Can we occupy no, all we'll the occupy spaces? every single space yes. on, on the... Summon pl- summon a whole load of, you know, things. Yeah, things that count as a creature. So, yeah. you just, I mean, bees or something. <laughs> you basically need about 20 trillion bees. Mm. To get them to all spread out across the entire face of whatever plane of existence you're just on get some rats. At five-foot intervals. Learn to talk to them and say, OK, you stand there, you stand there. It's a busy minute. Mm. Um, anyway, anyway, let's not up. dwell upon that whole thing. Let's consider that a success. Right. Parker, what do you want to do? We'll, we'll kind of go around in the sequence, but we won't right. worry too much well, about it. Well, I was going to unleash my fangs of the fire spared. snake. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Graham. If nothing else this evening, you've Ought achieved bonus. Um, so what are you going to do? Well, so okay. now I will actually carry on. So I was in the middle of investigating the chandeliers. Yeah. If you remember. Um, I do remember. Did the yeah. orb react in any way to this? Um, no. Nope. The orb is a silent, unresponsive orb. Note. Okay, so there was nothing like it sort of moving up to allow the blob to move out or... You know, no, okay. nothing like that. No. Just so happened the blob was there, okay. And now the blob has gone. Mm-hmm. Is there anything on the floor which would, floor for instance, below, bl- directly it's... below the chandeliers, um, you know, some kind of holes or something, or anything to indicate that the chandeliers have, you know, connection to the floor? There was clearly a recess or space that the blob was sort of squished into in the centre of the floor, an irregular right. pit. There's no clever markings or anything that seems to correspond to either the sphere or the um, or the chandeliers on the floor. No. 
So my plan was to go around and look at all the pictures on the walls as well. And um, mm. I mean, it's a bit, it's always, it's very, very difficult to see if there's some kind of mechanism to be activated here in this theatre of the mind without actually seeing this. I have something on that. You mentioned last week. Yeah. Um, pictures would, it would be, be very helpful if I had some pictures that I mm. could show you. So I thought about that and I decided that I couldn't be bothered. Right. <laughs> ah. So obviously, yeah, okay. Looking right. at this scene, you don't see any sign of any kind of mechanism you don't think there is a puzzle to be solved there right. is no lever configuration of the chandeliers uh, i don't know anything you just mm. it just looks like it's four chandeliers with carvings on them that light up do i sense that by concentrating on the sphere with the talisman in my hand that i can you cause need to the attune sphere to, the to talisman. move up or down you might need to attune to the talisman you're not sure attunement's going to take 10 minutes right the only thing that definitely represents something is this representation of this mechanoid reaching for this stone a seal not a <coughs> seal That's, that was fuzzy bear that wasn't a seal what sort of noise was a seal it doesn't matter <laughs> that definitely feels like it's telling you something the rest of this looks like it's just i don't know interesting right. to look at does anybody else want to take a look at these runes yes Okay. Sure. And then I guess that it would be sensible to get out of that room attuned to the talisman. Well, why don't we check these doors, see what we can glean in the minute that we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We aren't going to count it too assiduously, but yeah. I mean, let's, I assume you'll tell a minute's us worth of like stuff. when, I mean, I can get out yeah, there I've got next time here that I've started. Yeah. When I feel that you've done about a minute's worth of stuff between you, I will okay. give you a little bit of a warning that Sessions feels like, you know, stuff's about to happen. Yeah. So can we try and interpret these pictures and runes? Yeah, that, so you um, have a look yeah, at Yeah, give me a... Uh, have you got Arcana? No. I do. I mean, it's an Arcana check or a straight intelligence check. Obviously, if you've got Arcana and you've got proficiency, then you might be a little bit more, you know, that might be I'll a bit more useful. straight intelligence and I... No. Okay, so you're looking... Yeah, go for it, yeah. (laughs) Nine. You've already recognised one of these runes. It's the rune for Ecosial. The other two runes you are not so sure about. Hmm. I think Alessandra is going to head off back down the ramp and check further down, because she never really made it quite far down. So she will make her way towards the end and see what she can see before she, as we know from the map, she's going to go underneath the passage. She's also got her wings of flying, which she's not using yet. But Yeah, I was looking at the wings of flying question, by the way. Were you? Is that there's a lot of chat about wings of I flying. I didn't realize there was a question. Well, the question is, it's not a question that I'm particularly bothered by, is about wingspan. Oh. It's a sort of a bit of a killjoy question, to be honest. What happens if you try and fly down a passageway that's only two foot wide? Mm-hmm. That kind of question. Anyway, we'll worry about that another time. Bat wings or bird wings? My view is, let's not worry about it too much. Yeah, I thought it was just their magic. It's a, a magical... You're not. Yeah, you could be like little cherub wings. Like a, That's yeah. what I'm thinking, like little Renaissance, like putty or a cherub in a Renaissance the painting. Anyway, flying is magical rather than physical. You've got 60-foot dark vision. Yep. Okay, so you can see... I'm just going to move you to the other map, just very briefly give you a glimpse of what you can see. It extends and continues to slope down off into darkness. Okay. Um, the further you pad along or fly or whatever it is that we're going to do the colder it gets. Well, I'll keep going. How far do you go? Well, if it's still firmly gradiented. It's still gradiented. You can see that the passageway levels out and opens out. Mm -hmm. You can see some columns. You can see the base of some columns just 
You can also see a very dim, greyish illumination now. Almost so dim that your dark vision kind of messes with your ability to perceive it. It's like something weird is going on. You can't see the source of the illumination, but you're looking down a slope at a floor as it flattens out. Okay. Want to keep going? Yes, but I want to start doing stealth checks because I'm going to start moving stealthily. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so... I'm just checking something. Give me a moment here. Ooh, I get a natural 20, so I get a 31. Right, well, you're incredibly silent as you push on. How much further do you want to go? I'm going to go to five foot back from the opening out. Okay, well, you can see a certain amount if we do that. You can see a chamber. The chamber is dotted with columns. You can see the bottom of two chandeliers that are shedding a weird grey light. Okay. More chandeliers. You can see... Yeah. And more double doors and more stairs. So, you know, all round, the news is not good. (laughs) You've got columns running around this chamber. It's about 50 foot long, this chamber, and probably about 40 or so foot wide. It's quite a large chamber. Opposite you, why don't I give you a bit of a description? Since Wolfgang Bauer gave us his time in order, right? He gave up time in order to write one. Let's Mm -hmm. have it. Let's have it. Give me a moment. Here goes on. Is that what he wrote? Can you give me a survival check as well? Um, survival? Alessandra, as you pad down this. Yeah. Three. Uh, no, fine. Okay. Um, so it's a rectangular room. It's small columns around the edges, as I've described. There are carvings on the walls. Mm. Difficult to make out because the columns partially obscured. There's a pale, strange grey light glowing from two large wheel-shaped chandeliers, casting overlapping shadows throughout the room. A weird sort of grey shadowiness that's a product of the columns the weird light from the chandeliers all of that there are blue metal double doors at the top of a flight of stairs opposite the entrance that you're at so some stairs run up opposite you Mm -hmm. up to about i don't know 10 feet up on the far wall and at the top of those stairs blue metal double doors guarded by two warrior figures with raised double swords when you say raised double swords... I'm thinking the sword in each hand that's raised. Right. You do recall the others mentioning something about some strange wind warriors they fought when they first visited the cairn. Yes. And this does seem to match your understanding of what they were talking about. They're carvings. They're not actually warriors. Yes. They're carvings on either side of the doors. There's also a single doorway to your south that is on your right, halfway along in the middle of the wall. Yeah. And there are double doors to your north that is halfway along the wall to your left, also apparently guarded by these carvings of warriors. Okay. Should we pop back to the others? Yeah. I will follow um, Sandy. Who? Okay. Alessandra. Yeah. Sandy. Who? Do you want to try and be quiet or not? No, not really. Clomp, clomp, Burp clomp. Sessions, Parker. Just trying to decide what to do. Um, try that door. Okay, I'll try the door well, next heading to me. north. Yeah. It's got a Tony Latch handle. Tony Latch which handle. Is the yeah. Tony Latch handle. Wrote the theme for Crossroads, I think. That's my next character's ding, name. Ding, the ding, Tony ding, Latch ding, 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 ding. Dear readers, Crossroads was a uh, soap in the 70s, a very uh, cheap and... Uh, Daytime. And the uh, the famous theme music was actually written by somebody called Tony Hatch, but I think Tony Latch handles better. Anyway, <laughs> right? Maybe he was. Maybe his. You know, originally he was called Tony Latch handle. He changed his name to Tony Hatch because people were well trying to open him. All well, the I think time. Tony Latch handle was a pseudonym when, yeah. when he wrote he wrote <laughs> the TV series for his erotic fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, (laughs) do you want to try it, Sessions? Sure. It pushes away from you. Do you want to push it? Sure. It opens, Sessions. (laughs) This is not going to make your life 
any easier. I can tell you that right Explosion goes now. off, you lose your concentration, you're attacked by the black pudding. Worse. It's worse than that. There's a chamber. <gasps> it's only 10 foot deep and 20 foot wide, so you're coming in at the side of it. Yep. <gasps> it's a well-appointed room with a delicately arched ceiling sessions. The walls are painted with garden scenes featuring, you think, two Windduke lovers. Oh, okay. The centre of the room contains a large urn with a dark red glaze and gold decorations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Six small boxes, each carved of some black substance bound with corroded metal, line the back wall and chairs sit in each corner. Now, I don't know about you readers, but I do know that if I was in an adventuring party looking at that room, I could easily spend an hour just, you know, being scared of it. About whether or, yeah, yeah. <laughs> whether or not to step into it at all. Well, I'm right. remembering that I'm trying to concentrate, not lose my concentration. Yes. I will wait till, um, you know, Barker yeah. or Burple. Do something. Do something. And we will move back to Alessandra and right. Buggy, who we will kind of deal with together. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think this is a retreat from here for now. Rejoin the others so yeah. that we're not on two fronts. Although, do these chandelier things look similar to the chandeliers up? They look like much more standard basic uh, affairs. Okay. So we've got a room with pillars in it, double doors to the north, single door to the south, two double doors guarded by statues, which kind of makes me think this is the right way to go. Mike also made me, I failed a survival check, which makes me think of, I failed to, to spot footprints, meaning Hesty might have come this way. We've got so many possible areas of exploration, it's just a matter of which one do we choose to go first. Well, the ramp looks like uh, a good bet, to be honest. Yes, I think so. Do you reckon? Down this way? Yeah, I do. I'm quite happy to continue being probed. Yeah, as long as you're at the front. Well, there's a, looks like there's a... Is that a door to the south? Yeah, there's a single door to the south, double doors to the north. Well, I would check those out, but we'll come and join you. What's going on in this complex? It's weird. It is weird. Yeah. Strange man. Okay. Gonna get weirder. (laughs) Oh. It's very, very strange. Very, very strange. All right. If we're out of round sequence uh, and back to Alice. Yeah. I mean, we're doing a minute's worth of activity. So, I mean, I think we're not miles off a minute, I think. Well, if I've got the time, I will stealthily (laughs) make my way to this door. Yes. Make your stealth check. Make myself check to the door to the south. Mm-hmm. Getting an 18. Fine. Can you give me a perception check? I'll give you a perception please. check. Please. Oh, not so good. 13. No, that's good enough. You're working your way into the chamber. I'm going to allow you to sort of backpedal a little bit. Yes? Okay. And you realise that... Remember I said that the, the shadows were odd? Yeah. You don't have to go far into the chamber before you realise... Shadows are actually, as it were, material. Alive. They're not alive, but they're like their filaments. They're like their webs, Um, Alessandra. It's like strands of shadow spun between the floor and the columns and the ceiling that from the doorway, it looked like it was a strange network of planes of light and shadow cast by these odd chandeliers but now that you're actually uh, interacting with them mm. it's clear that they are really actually there 
and it's really something to do with the uh, the spiders, the strange, well, I can't what they're called. I'm saying that you don't disturb one. You get the opportunity to not progress into the chamber. As you realise, just as you're about to sort of step into what you thought was a bit of shadow, that actually yes. you were going to pass through something which is not physical in the sense that it's, it's not like a piece of tape. Yeah but you definitely feel it's a thing. You could kind of look at it from all sides. It doesn't change its nature when you move your head. It's not a shadow. Mm-hmm. What are those spiders called? Plane shifting. I told you it was going to get weirder. Mm-hmm. Plane shifting spiders. Phase spiders. Phase. phase spiders. Yes, we talked about phase spiders. Mm. But the, the little visitor um, last time, well, not mm. little, giant... Uh, <laughs> Eight-legged visitor. Buggy, want to do anything while Alessandra is doing that? The others, are you packing uh, up? Packing up. Well, I mean, you know, as it were, are you are you breaking camp in the other level and coming to join these two, or uh, what do you what, what, what do you want to do? I, I, I'm moving uh, a bit yes, closer. I, so. Yeah. I still I mean, feel you can Alessandra, see now that Alessandra is a bit should still be a probe. So okay, I mean, you can see now that Alessandra, assuming that Alessandra, you know, points this out, you can clearly see that these shadows are not behaving like normal shadows. Oh, I will... Um, they're the not shadows the as in undead shadows. They're not moving. No, that's like it looks like they are thin areas of shadow cast by the chandeliers until you start moving your head and you get close to them and you realise that they're actually there. Like uh, mm. grey planes of shadow that run between different surfaces. Buggy uh, and Alessandra also, obviously, I must reveal the area of um, the chamber that you now can see that you couldn't see before because you were tucked in the doorway. It doesn't tell you very much. It just squares off pretty much as you were expecting. Uh, Parker, sessions. Burr. Well, I'm heading I w- down the ramp. Yeah, I will follow okay. Alessandra. Okay, well, if everyone sessions. else is going, then I will follow as well. Okay, I'm going to say that that's the minute. Okay. I think that's fair enough. Yeah. Close the door behind us. <laughs> yes, you can close the door behind you. You hear... <laughs> you hear something go... <laughs> and... And a session's EPA. You can all be assumed to be in the passageway behind Buggy and Alessandra. The chamber is as I have described it. What would you like to do next? Like to do a little behind dance. You. Oh, uh, muffled by the door from behind you up the slope, you hear a voice going, "Hello." <laughs> so where where are these shadowy things? I'm trying to think of a. There is a. There's a. You know the thing that's closest to is the bridge in Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, mm-hmm. where it's a bridge that's set to look like there's no bridge when you stand at a particular angle right, right? and then he skitters stones across it well mm. it's a sort of it's a, in the same it's in the same sport if not the same ballpark as that where it's, are we where are they filaments of shadow strung between the columns and the walls and the ceiling and the floor the actual filaments of shadow that are fixed things mm-hmm. like little spider webs yes okay you'd then. have thought it would be very difficult to make your way across the chamber without making contact with any of them. Yeah, understood. Why don't we back up a bit? Back me, back up. me up on this. I can shoot an arrow through them to trigger it. Trigger whatever's there and then we can take it on in the corridor. No, I think these... Mm, okay, if they're spiders web, then it might summon the spider. That's what I mean. Yeah. We're going to have to face it. Well, they, gonna... they might do something by themselves. It's all if I'm we, thinking. If we're going to proceed this way, we're going to need to trigger them anyway. There's no way we can get through this without triggering them. I could do with another heal at some stage or other. I'm on 39 hit points. Mm. can do a heal if you want. Okay. Although Graham's got a happy stick. It's probably better. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm going to say to everybody, I'm going to move... Well, I'm going to move back 
five foot so I'm at the end of the corridor but within the corridor and I'm going to say to everybody I'm just going to shoot an arrow through in about okay. five seconds time so if you want to get to where you want to be in that time yeah. is everybody where they want to be yeah yep okay I I'm guess gonna, yep. yeah okay I'm going to shoot an arrow to hit the base of the steps basically the longbow yep draw your arm back draw a bead on the base of the steps you let fly the arrow shoots through the air you can see it interacting with these little filaments of shadow as it passes not snapping them but passing through them mm-hmm. definitely disturbing yeah and your arrow darts into the base of the staircase mm-hmm. And as soon as it does so, you see in the far corner, more filaments of shadow start spreading incredibly rapidly out of that corner, building themselves up into a sort of funnel, a sort of area of darkness that very rapidly expands and grows and sort of comes up to kind of engulf you and we'll find out. Oh, oh lovely, yes. What that is. When <laughs> we pick things up next An week. entire week of wandering. Who'd have thunk it? Who'd have thunk it? Seems like the week before, an area of darkness swarms up in a bad tweet The Billowing Hilltop podcast is a Billowing Hilltop production. Dungeons and Dragons is a trademark of Wizards of the Coast. A Gathering of Winds and Age of Worms are copyright Paizo. A Gathering of Winds was written by Wolfgang Bauer. Music is from Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com and is used with thanks under the Creative Commons license. Additional music and sound effects come from the wonderful Sirenscape. All other original material is copyright Billowing Hilltop. Role-playing games are all about getting people together and we use Roll20 as our tabletop, the perfect place to host your game and Discord to host our chat. Thanks for listening! Are you looking for a D&D podcast with a dark side? Something more like Game of Thrones and less like Monty Python? Tale of the Manticore is part dark fantasy audio drama, part solo D&D RPG. There's no plot armor here. The dice make all the important decisions. Join me as I resurrect the excitement, wonder, and emotion of old school D&D. Made for a mature audience, Tale of the Manticore is both a fiction and a game. It's the story where chaos rolls.